As parents, we need to be more involved in the educational process of our children. Welcome to Chalk Talk with your host, Eric Hamilton. The three pillars of Eric's approach to parent engagement are academics, accountability, and advocacy, which empower parents to better support success at the child, school, and system level. And now, here is Eric Hamilton. Hello, America and listeners around the world. Welcome to Chalk Talk. My name is Eric Hamilton, and tonight we have another great show lined up for you to talk about some very cutting-edge commentary in the world of education. Tonight, we are going to talk about a topic that I think does not get a lot of attention, and it is because it's one of those topics that... uh, Many people write about. You can clearly see the result of this problem that we have in public education today. If you are a parent of a child, you probably experience this 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 problem. This problem is actually growing. And tonight's show is going to give a good effort at trying to address this problem. Tonight's show is entitled, Why Are So Many High School Students Apathetic About Learning? Apathy is a term to describe an individual or groups of individual who are disengaged with some process. When you are apathetic, the passion, the drive, the motivation is turned off. You simply go through the motions. I can remember during my days in high school where I was apathetic towards learning particular topics. But this type of apathy that many, many scholars are writing about is one that's really plaguing the height that many students could potentially reach. So I really want to talk about this this topic. Uh, What is apathy? How is it plaguing American high schools? Because notice we're talking about American high schools. And you'll you'll quickly see that this topic, although in my opinion, doesn't get a lot of attention. I have yet to see this particular topic talked about on mainstream media. I've yet to see any group who puts together a conference to talk about this particular topic. Although if you're in any public schools today, you can clearly see the effects of apathy. There's apathy amongst teachers. There's apathy amongst students. Apathy is a word that you will hear me repeat tonight. And I want to make sure that we are clear in terms of who's apathetic and why. In order to get to a point, because oftentimes I have been accused by by some uh, in social settings that I am a critic around education, that I have a very critical view. My background is in the field of political science. That's what my undergraduate degree is in. Part of being an undergraduate student at a fine institution like the University of Georgia, they taught us how to critically look and evaluate different topics. That was at that particular time in the the mid-90s, that was an area that we focused on. How can you critically look at a particular topic or institution, dissect that topic, and then try to advocate for solutions? 
this process has always stayed along with me. I didn't know at the time when I was a student at the University of Georgia that my passions would actually lie in the field of education. And you couldn't find a more political subject to discuss than education. So as I, <clears throat> excuse me, as I evolve to uh, reach the, uh, the levels that I do, I now understand how my background has really intersected the two. So we're going to talk about apathy. In a world that's much smaller than it has been in the 20 years due to technology, in a world where we have so many different students who come from different backgrounds, why are so many students detached from learning? What is happening in many of our school systems? Now, one of the symptoms could be, or one of the evidence rather, could be declining test scores, it could be also the number of suspensions. It could be the number of dropouts. It could be the average of GPA. There are different indicators that would suggest that there's something going on in American public high schools. I chose this particular topic because I think this topic is one that clearly needs to be talked about. And if you also would like to talk about that, you can feel free to give me a call tonight or send me an email. But there was a gentleman in 2007. He is one of what I would call America's thought leaders on many topics, not just in the field of education. But if this gentleman makes a comment, he is a writer for the New York Times. In 2007, he wrote an article where Mr. Thomas Friedman, and if you don't know that name, he is someone that I would think is a thought leader in American culture, American politics. Mr. Thomas Friedman wrote an article where he used the word baffled. He was baffled that the people of my generation are so less radical and politically engaged than needed to be. He was talking about how it appears that generations, particularly younger people, maybe in their 20s, and below are less politically active. They are less engaged in various um, movements. He also talked about what's the consequences of that. Another scholar, and this is quoted in the Huffington Post, um, who, who actually interviewed him about this topic. Uh, there's a professor. Her name is Veronica Hefner. She is from the University of Tulsa. She writes, uh, and I quote, few people seem to get passionate about anything. If you show more than an average or nonchalant, a nonchalant attitude towards something, you're labeled a fanatical Fruit Loop, which I thought was an incredible quote. She also was interviewed by the Huffington Post. And what this suggests is that where is the passion? Where is the energy? Where is the grit, which is another popular word used to describe uh, individuals who persevere despite challenges? There's something happening in the American classroom that has caused students to simply go through the motions. Now, I know if you're listening to this, you're probably thinking, well, you there you go again, you're generalizing. There you go again, having a negative view on a fine institution uh, in America around public education. Uh, 
There are always exceptions to the rules in terms of your level of engagement. But the this particular observation around apathy comes from uh, just observations from teachers, uh, from administrators, as well as test data, as well as suspension referrals. There seems to be something that is causing the American student to check out. America has fallen out of the role as a leader in education. Um, there's a, a, another article that was written called Student Apathy, the Downfall of Education. It was published in 2011. And during that particular article, they make a lot of reference to how at one point in time, American high school students, um, if you look at from the 1950s to 1960s, and when you looked at the test data, when you looked at the level of retention, America led the world in various topics. America led the world in terms of producing thought leaders. Somewhere along the way, we began to decline in this particular field. And there's a lot of evidence to suggest how and why. You as a parent, and one of the reasons that I consistently say why Chalk Talk is such an innovative idea, you have to understand that although your job is to make sure that your child shows up, provide support, attend weekly meetings, uh, have some type of relationship. You need to understand that the American culture has changed. It has changed in the way how we engage young people today. And because of that, there is this growing detachment that's going on. So at the end of the show, I'm going to talk about things that you can do as a parent to make sure that you're doing your part uh, to address this issue head on. But if you go back to this article, you will see that there have been many, many great writings on this particular topic. I can see it over the past 10 years where it used to be a time where students were competing for scholarships. Students were competing in order to have a higher GPA. Um, I've taught many years in the state of Georgia where we introduced uh, the HOPE scholarship. And I could clearly see how, you know, that that top 10 to top 20 percent of students were really engaged, maybe overly trying to get the edge up to be able to secure scholarships. But for some particular reason and the research and what the show what the show will show tonight is that that has actually caught up with America. It's actually caught up with how uh, we engage with young people. There was another article uh, that was written, in, and I deliberately chose one of these that looked earlier. This came out in 1995, and it actually was a predictor. Um, it's amazing that these individuals who are PhDs, who have the ability, have this unbelievable gift to look at trends, to look at topics, and they actually warn um, policymakers, they actually want educators about if we don't change certain trends that we're doing, we're setting young people up not to be successful. And there was a, a 
article that was written in, believe it or not, in 1995. The name of this article is called Student Apathy, the Lack of Self-Responsibility, False Self-Esteem Are Failing American Schools. And as I did research for this, I read a lot of the reports that came from this particular um, paper. And I also read a lot of the criticism. There were a lot of criticism in 1995 around this article that makes some very interesting predictions. Now, again, this is 1995. And I can remember in 1995 just starting to get into public education. I had just completed my last year at the University of Georgia. I was coming back to Atlanta to start work and I wanted to work as a school teacher. But during that particular time, there was a lot of warnings about exactly what was going to happen. I'm going to take my first break for the evening. When I come back, I want to jump right in and give you some numbers, uh, have some conversations again If you're interested, please don't hesitate to give me a call. I would love to hear your thoughts. So please hold on for our first break. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com It's time to eradicate barriers that are holding you back in your relationships and your life. Start by embracing the concept of laughing loudly and loving deeply. Coincidentally, that's the name of a highly anticipated new show featuring host Dr. Faith Brown. She'll talk with life experts or life spurts in order to help you develop your own vision plan for better relationships and experiencing the ultimate enjoyment in life. Laughing Loudly, Loving Deeply with Dr. Faith can be heard every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. How are you doing in your life? Do you control your life or does it control you? In our hectic, overconnected world, do you spend too much time feeling tired and wired? Tune in to Master Your Life with hosts Leah Mattinson and Dr. Howard Rankin for inspiration, insight, and intelligence on how to gain control of yourself and your life. Along with some inspirational and knowledgeable guests, Leah and Howard will give you the tools needed to help you on your journey. Tune in every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. What sets apart VoiceAmerica.tv from the other video content providers on the Internet? Choice and flexibility means that you can host your video content live or on demand on the main VoiceAmerica.tv channels through your own branded media player or your own private TV channel. We support multiple media formats, so all of your video content can be in one place. We offer a number of advertising and video packages. For more information, visit VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. You are listening to Chalk Talk with Eric Hamilton. We want to hear from you during today's show by phone or by email. Please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to eric at choctalkradio.xyz. That's eric at choctalkradio.xyz. Now, back to the program. Hello, America. We are back. Uh, talking about apathy in American public high schools. 
the purpose of this show tonight is to give the listeners an insight as to uh, what apathy is, what are some of the detrimental effects that it does to student learning, student achievement, how you can recognize it in your own child. Give us a little bit of historical pr- um, perspective uh, as to how we have gotten into this situation, as well as to talk about uh, ways that all of the system needs to find a way to change. This is designed for you as a parent to, again, arm yourself with information, being able to have an effective conversation, one, with your child, two, with your your uh, your child's teacher, as well as to administrators. There are many, many parents out there who are struggling to successfully support their child on the day-to-day activities. And this show, again, is designed to provide a little bit of information, a little bit of commentary around very touching issues that, in my opinion, never is addressed. It's often not addressed uh, inside of what we would call mainstream media. Um, There's something about educational talk that is really um, restricted in terms of what it being in a, in a matter that would be helpful. All the other industries uh, today, whether it's financial, health, real estate, automobiles, there's always that space for that. So Chalk Talk is designed to help you, the parent, figure out how to best support your child. If you would like to participate in our conversation tonight, it is one 888 Four six ninety one forty one would love your commentary. Finishing up on our conversation, I want to share a few numbers because I'm a teacher at heart and I always like to um, show you some numbers, show you some data. In 1995, America became the world's wealthiest country per student, which meant that America spent more than any country in the world. It spent almost $5,000 on average per child in the entire country, which completely outranks other countries. However, despite the issue of money, and I can't tell you the number of times where I've heard both parties, both Democrats and Republicans, talk about we need more money. We, We have to have more money in order to address these problems. Uh, For more than a decade, the media and the general public have been criticizing educational institutions for producing mediocrity results. The government has been pouring astronomical amounts of money into education in an attempt to improve student outcomes. This result so far has been sorely disappointing. Students' performance has still at a standstill, if not deteriorated. This particular uh, report that was done in 1995 talks about many of the challenges that if we as educators, we as parents don't focus on, we're going to have a problem. In America, we're in that spot right now. We're now in the area where we're looking at some challenges. This report was one of the leaders in terms of how to do uh, uh, school reform. So I have seen approximately three school reforms during my time. I've seen No Child Left Behind. I've seen Common Core. I've seen uh, the state of Georgia actually revamp their educational standards. So America, we are aware that we're having some problems in terms of what do we need to do to address this issue? So the report goes on and on and it talks about some real solutions, uh, teacher effectiveness, 
It talks about um, getting rid of outdated curriculum. All of these things are like contributing to students that are starting to check out. They're starting to check out. How do you know if your if your child is actually checking out? How do you know if your child is actually becoming part of this trend where we're simply going through the motions? Generally, children like to have an area of strength, and many of them will have an area of weakness where they're not necessarily strong. And you as a parent, and I've said this more and more and more times now, if you go back to the report, parent engagement is probably one of the most important aspects in getting your child from K through 12. But oftentimes, it is one of the least talked about. It is one of the least uh, visited subjects by school systems. So it's really, really important uh, to be an advocate to be able to address this issue around apathy and what apathy looks like. So we started the show off talking about three articles that were written, uh, one by Mr. Thomas Friedman, two by Veronica Hefner, who, who really talked about this idea of being passionate about something, about finding something that you're passionate about. It's really important to find that passion that your child has, whether it's music, whether it's sports, where it's debate, whether it is the robotics club, it's really important to find that niche that your child develops at some point and to keep that going because you want them connected to something that excites them, something that stimulates their mind, something that they're willing to push the envelope on in order to do a better job. So parent, you really, really have to be focused on what can you do to create that that passion for learning. Really important that you do that. And one of the ways that you can do that is to make sure that you stay connected. <clears throat> you have to stay connected. If you listen to my other shows, you will hear just exactly what is parent engagement and what you're supposed to do. Tonight is yet again another evident, uh, more evidence rather, around why this is important. The final report that I really want to bring your attention to, and I'm hopeful that if you would want to be able to to retain this information, I think of all the reports that I've read and doing research on this topic, this is the one that as a history person, as a person who's actually gone through different educational reforms, this is the one I think that really should draw the most attention. There is an organization called Southeast Education Network. They published a report in 2010 around reasons for apathy. This was a really good article that I read about a week ago. And I usually, in in preparing for the show, I usually try to stay a week ahead where I've already looked at what I want to talk about. I look at the data, maybe email someone in order to find out, you know, if there's anything new that I can talk about uh, where, where things have changed. And I thought about this particular article because this one is really, really revealing in terms of now we've gotten to the point where we are really zeroing in on what's causing this apathy in America. So I want to talk about that very, very uh, quickly. The article does a great job of talking about the history of education. I know many people don't have the time nor the interest to learn about those kinds of things. But in my profession and what I 
profess to do. It's very important for me to really understand how we have gotten to the point of where we are. The article makes reference to three clear and concise reasons as to why apathy is plaguing uh, American public schools. Number one, the article talks about, which I completely agree with, a false sense of security. I'm always saying that many individuals have a false sense of security. I'm always talking about my seniors and how seniors will check out. They will literally check out after Christmas. If you're a high school teacher and if you have seniors, you will know that many of them will literally check out after Christmas. This false sense of security, according to this paper, was created by this idea that American high school students are leaders in the world, that uh, they are plentiful jobs that are out there in our society. And we have this false sense that in America, we have actually arrived. We have arrived to the promised land. We now have unbelievable, unlimited resources. And what happens is we create this false narrative for young people around where they are and what opportunities are out there. So this idea that the article creates is this false sense. And we have to start having real conversations about jobs, about the American lifestyle, and how things are changing. That's going to come to point number three. Point number two, if those that are history buffs like myself, we know that America went through an unbelievable growth in the late 1800s, where we moved from the farming uh, economy to the Industrial Revolution, where individuals were then suddenly thrown in factories, suddenly thrown into places where they were now starting to use a little bit more of their skills. And after the Industrial Revolution was over, we suddenly got put into where people now had it to be had to sit in office jobs. They had what we would call white collar industries where now people are accountants, now people are doctors, people are teachers, people are dentists. And we needed a way in order to figure out who was gonna have some of these high paying jobs. What are some of the people we're gonna have? Who was gonna get some of these jobs? How do we determine it? So guess how America decided that how it was gonna select people? Well, it's pretty obvious. If you were the highest scoring individual in your class, if you got the best on your tests, you were probably going to be the ones that got those high paying jobs. And it created an industry where individuals were really started to focus on becoming test takers. How many conversations have we had, parents, where if you have uh, multiple children and you know that there's one child that's a good test taker and we have one child that may not be a good test taker. I can speak from personal experience. I was not the best test taker. Although I learned my material and I could demonstrate my material, but I was never one of those individuals who did extraordinarily well on exams. Whereas I know individuals who really don't know the material, they can't really demonstrate it or apply it, but they are very good test takers. So according to the article, we have now moved from this content application to actually promoting students that can take tests because a test determines who gets certain things. So I thought that was an interesting 
aspect. Uh, we move to this test-driven uh, society. And then the last one, as an econ teacher, I find this one extraordinarily fascinating in terms of what's going on in, in modern times. According to the Seed Southeast Educational Network report, which again was reason for apathy in high school students, which is my area, and I know that there are a lot of high school students out there who are, who are in this particular situation. The third one is, is that Americans have not figured out the global economy. As an economics teacher, I am constantly trying to get American students, the students that I teach, what is a global economy? How do you play a role in the global economy? It is not just about the American market. Now you have to consider China. You have to consider Canada. You have to consider Mexico. You have to consider many, many different countries now. Jobs uh, have been taken from the United States because it is cheaper to go elsewhere. And I try to remind my students that if you don't have the skills in order to make it here in the United States, uh, you have to know what kinds of skills that you need to have. Because a lot of the skills that many students possess are skills that individuals are getting elsewhere. So it's really important, and I put this one on school systems. I put this one on uh, curriculum instruct instruction around making sure that American students understand the global economy. I can't talk enough about preparing students for careers who have incredible students' debts, which we talked about last week. And those debts do not prepare students in order for careers that are sustainable in the American economy. So if you're interested, which I'm sure some of you may be, it's really important to understand what apathy is. And according to the article, the last thing I'll say um, before we uh, get to the final piece when you combine a false sense of security, when you combine students that are more interested in passing exams and getting good grades, and when you have a group of students that does not understand the ramification of spending their money to go to an, a store uh, that takes all of their money outside of the country, you're going to suddenly get a group of students who are really detached to prospects, possibilities, and you're really getting a student that is, um, I would say, becoming detached. And I see it every day in the classroom. I see students that are now more focused on their technology. I see more students that are now focused um, not on sustainable things. Uh, I think the last show we talked about this idea of the boomerang uh, child. The boomerang child is that child that does make it through a four-year institution. They, they got a particular degree. That degree did not work quite the way they figured, and they end up having to come home because they did not major or pursue a career <clears throat> in a particular field that allowed for them for sustainable stuff. And those sustainable things are the ability to take care of yourself, the ability to have a career. So all of those things are, are, are issues 
that this article, and again, the name of this article is the Southeast, it's called SEEN. Uh, it's the Southeast Educational Network, Reasons for Apathy. And it's really important for us to try to get a grip on this conversation, to accept it, understand what it is and how we can do to address it. When I come back from my final break, I want to talk about directly to you parents about what you can do in order to make sure that you are addressing this issue around apathy. I'm also going to talk about signs that you can look for, uh, how to recognize and how to actually have those conversations. I think apathy is not something that we're seeing too much at the the elementary school level, I think it starts to grow around the middle school level when you have individuals that may not have the necessarily reading skills. Uh, and again, it goes back to reading. And we also need to be able to recognize that if you suspect that your child is in a school where they're really not um, uh, clicking or really firing on cylinders, what all cylinders, what can you do in order to address that, how can you have those difficult conversations? The difficult conversations are part of the K through 12 experience. So again, the purpose of Chalk Talk is to give you parent uh, and parents that opportunity to have a space. Here's some commentary to help you. So I'm going to take my final break for the evening. And when we come back, we're going to talk about ways that you can talk with your child to deal with this pressing issue called apathy. This is the home of the top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success drivers. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. Do you or somebody you love have a struggle with abuse? You don't need to be a slave to your abuse anymore. Listen for Beyond Abuse, Beyond Therapy, Beyond Anything with Dr. Lisa Cooney. Dr. Lisa overcame struggles in her own life. Two decades of sexual, emotional, and physical abuse nearly took their toll. In her 20s, she turned her life around and set upon a path to help others. She can help you find the key to take control of your life, too. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Are you a spiritual seeker? Have you always pondered the deeper questions in life? Have you looked at many spiritual paths and found some answers but are looking for more? The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse, brings you each week practical spiritual teachings and tools that promote self-mastery, higher consciousness, and the opportunity to connect with the Ascended Masters. Join Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy as we explore the universe of spirituality. Live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Empowerment Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right.
are listening to Chalk Talk with Eric Hamilton. We want to hear from you during today's show by phone or by email. Please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to eric at chalktalkradio.xyz. That's eric at chalktalkradio.xyz. Now, back to the program. Okay, America listeners around the world, we are back and we are talking about apathy and what to do with it. We defined what it was. We talked about some of the symptoms. We talked about how it was created. And now we're going to talk about how you as a parent can address this issue head on. One of the things that motivates me in this particular faith in this particular space is the fact that I feel passionate about this particular topic. I feel passionate that this is that area where we all have something to contribute. Uh, There are people who are motivated by studying the stock market and picking stocks and being able to go from literally a penny stock to a billion dollar stock. Uh, there There are people who are motivated for different reasons. What motivates me is the ability to reach a parent talk about a pressing issue, having that parent then listen, studying the information, and then taking that information and doing something positive for their child. That's an incredible, incredible power uh, that motivates me to do the things that I do. And I share and I have a lot of stories from real life experiences where I have seen some amazing things for kids who are not supposed to graduate, kids who were not supposed to attend certain colleges, um, kids who have recovered from illnesses, kids who have recovered from car accidents. I have seen amazing things over the years that defy how things should go. So to some degree, some may call me a critic around this educational talk, but actually I would say that I can't think of another industry that's more important that deserves attention around how to support young people. Because ultimately, those young people turn into working adults, and those working adults are the people that we rely upon when we get to a certain age that we require on. So when you're investing in your child, you are investing in your, into yourself, into your own future. So it's really important that you see that connection. And a lot of people, unfortunately, they don't uh, because their return, they're looking for something immediate. And education is something that takes a while to develop. I'll close on one quick thought and then I'll go back to my um, my my points for for uh, parents. There's a lot of similarities that people have shared with me over the years that farmers and teachers have a very similar occupation. They plant seeds, they have to nurture what they're doing, they have to provide the proper foundation, the proper uh, treatment, soil, sun, water, and then you have to sit back and be patient. There are a lot of similarities between the work that a farmer has as well as the work of a a teacher. So I I share that with you just to think about some of the similarities that we we do. Number one. Number one, I suggest if you want to address this issue, 
uh, parent engagement. That's what this show is. So if you're listening to this show, if you are a frequent listener to this show, if you have gone to my website, if you had the opportunity to go and listen to previous shows, you are heads and shoulders above the rest. A part of that, I have written a book uh, called What Every Parent Needs to Know About Academics. That is a book that was specifically designed, and you can find it on Amazon. It's um, a very short read. I think it's somewhere around about 60 pages. Um, It's a short read, but it's designed for a parent who is struggling. It's designed for a parent who is trying to figure out how to best support. So I really would like for you to take a look um, at getting this book. It's very, very affordable, but yet it has a lot of material and a lot of content that I believe that you probably would not find um, online. You do, you, you can go online to find things, but this, the information I have about technology, about how to best support your child, uh, the importance of reading, all the things I've talked about on my show, I really recommend Again, parent engagement is that big, big weapon that's designed to help deal with apathy. Knowing what your child is studying, knowing your children's work, knowing where they are in the curriculum, asking those probing questions before you do drop off. When you do pick up, what did you learn today? What's going on? How can you show an interest? Showing up for PTA meetings, showing up unannounced. All of those are things that you can do. And then last but not least, If you have a particular um, area that you notice that your child is always talking about, whether it's music, which I'm a big supporter of music, big supporter of fine arts. And the reason that I think those things are important, because those are the subjects that if kids are struggling outside of the academics, not everyone's good in math, not everyone's good in reading, not everyone is good in, in the traditional core subjects. But if you can find something that you're interested in, It helps for that child to stay engaged because we're fighting uh, this idea of not being interested. We're fighting this idea that school is really not cool. We're fighting this issue that somehow this is not going to pay off for me. And in society today, nothing could be further from the truth. The other thing. So so parent engagement is number one. The other thing is, is. um, I have a big problem with students who are constantly um, promoting this idea around grades. Um, And I'll talk about that. I I am a firm believer that grades are important. I know grades are important for high school students because they have to apply for scholarships. I, I completely understand that. But I would say that we need to focus on skills, Because in my opinion, if your child is functioning, they're engaged. The apathy is being addressed. It's it's the skill side of things. It's learning how to write a paragraph, learning how to indent, knowing where the comma goes, knowing where the semicolon goes, Um, being able to use the scientific method in science, understanding timelines in social studies, uh, knowing the Great Depression happened uh, during the 20s, 30s and 40s, knowing the causes, Um, learning those skills. And I think that grades are a byproduct. They are a byproduct of having good skills. Um, I'll give you some examples of that. In my book, I'm always talking about, and I try to remind my students and, and remind myself as well as my own daughter, learning is a process. 
Learning takes time. Learning is a struggle. I oftentimes see students who think that they're supposed to get it immediately. And if they don't get it, they check out. And when they check out, that's when that apathy starts growing. They start self-doubting themselves. They begin to start wondering if they could really do these kinds of things. And it's amazing to see the self-talk, the self-doubt kicks in. So it's really important for you as a parent, number one, make sure that you're engaged. Number two, make sure you're talking about skills, because if you have good skills, if you have good quality skills, the grades will come. The grades will come. They may not come immediately, but the grades will come. So I'm always promoting the idea in my book. I'm always saying that learning is a process. And I'm also talking about how it's important to get your skills at a particular point where then if you give it time, just like the farmer planting the seed, the grades will come. The other thing, which I think is probably the most radical thing you will hear me say on this particular show, I wonder if it's time in order to address this issue around apathy. We've heard the amount of money that's being invested into public schools. We've heard the rising cost of education. We talked about that last week. I wonder, is it time for some brave state, for some um, department of ed, for some state superintendent? I wonder if it's time for some state to take a leap. I don't know what state that would be. Um, But is it time to literally blow up, not figuratively, uh, not literally also, but is it time to change a curriculum? Is it time to rethink how we teach our children and what we teach and how we teach? There used to be a time I know in my high school where we allowed students who were not going to go off to college, who did not have college aspirations, to have something called vocational arts. Vocational arts were students who were going to learn carpentry, uh, electrician, heating and air conditioning, automobile um, mechanics, uh, vocational drafting, which is a subject that I had, which was incredible about teaching kids how to actually become architects. I wonder if it is time for some brave state to say, you know what? What we're doing is not working. Here is the proof. Our students deserve better. Our tax dollars are not being used as they should. Maybe it's time for us to go a completely different direction. And I say that because I wonder, I wonder what would happen, (coughs) excuse me, I wonder if someone, what would happen if someone were to actually meet, have all stakeholders in place and actually talk about a hands-on curriculum that we did an extraordinary job on trying to figure out how to get students into fields, into careers that they actually wanted to go in. I wonder what would happen if that was a reality. Would we have more student participation? Would students be more interested? Would teachers somehow not get to that five-year mark where they're burned out? Is it possible? Is it possible with the number of PhDs we have in all of these incredible institutions granting all this incredible knowledge, is it possible for some state 
some school district to actually say it is time for us to do something different. I wonder, could that possibly happen? Now, I do know that college is a business. I do know that we want a number of students to be able to go off to college in order to keep a good level of um, what I would call white uh, collar industry jobs like accounting, banking, finance, psychology. All of those things are incredibly important. But I also wonder what would happen if we try to do something different that would figure out a way to get those students to be much more engaged around how, how do we, how do we find a way to reach those students? And if we're able to do that, when we start talking about vocational, maybe, maybe we can address these issues and maybe we can keep kids in school engaged and maybe then we can try to compete against other countries, other students' population. In closing, it's really important for you as a parent to stay on top of what you're supposed to do. I understand that we live in extraordinarily complex times. I understand that your job as a parent is much more challenging just in the last 15 years in terms of what you have. For those individuals who take the time to listen to my show, I thank you. I appreciate your um, ability to listen. And I hope that if you are actually applying many of these strategies that you will call or send an email and let me know because I don't think that you will find a more engaging conversation around what you can do in order to best support your child. So until next week, have a great positive week. Stay focused and remember you're there to help your child get through. Thank you until next week. again for joining us for Chalk Talk. Please join Eric Hamilton again next Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for more of everything that parents should know about school.